0: Well, hello there,
1: boxing fans. Thank you for joining me here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And today we're going to start off with David Benavidez. Uh, As you know, we've got a couple of fights upcoming that we'll talk about on the Friday night panel later on at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Tommy Fury versus KSI is happening. Tim Sayu and Brian Mendoza. Janabek Alam-Canulli versus Vincenzo Galtieri. Miguel Bertok and Diego Riaz, Joshua Boazzi and Dan Aziz next weekend, Jack Catterall and Jorge Linares, Alexis Roca, and Santelan, not to mention Jonathan Gonzalez and Gerardo Zapata, and Amanda Serrano and uh, Danela Ramos rounding out uh, October. A lot of fights upcoming. Um, but uh, with respect to David Benavides, uh, who's going to be entering the ring in November, Dan Ambrose of BoxingNews24.com writes David Benavides wants undisputed super middleweight champion Kenel Alvarez stripped of his WBC belt if he refuses to fight him next. If if he refuses to fight him next, if he's victorious against Demetrius Andrade on November 25th. Well, given how fond the WBC president Mauricio Solomon is of Canelo, he probably won't strip him in order, or order him to defend this mandatory against Benavidez. Benavidez is 27-0, by the way. Uh, Canelo is way too popular for, as a fighter. It brings him a ton of money. He's not going to get stripped. Anyway, uh, as we all know, Andrade is 32-0, 19 knockouts. That should be a great fight uh, being held down at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay Resort in, in Las Vegas, as I said, November 25th. But uh, all the news regarding Canelo doesn't stop there. Shortly after uh, his recent victory, um, he said, uh, "Oh, let's have a look here. He, he has a nice one, a nice one to uh, to have." And this is a problem currently facing super middleweight contender Dave Benavidez, uh, who has emerged as a potential Alvarez opponent. Uh, but he must get past Demetrius Andrade first, as we all know, as we all just discussed. And far from a routine fight, Minervais knows that dangerous Andrade is like to present and is therefore more determined than usual to push all the talk of Canelo to the back of his mind. Andrade, after all, is unbeaten in his own right. And a little coming up from middleweight. He's long been viewed as a fighter whose danger has led to many looking the other way when offered the chance to fight him is perhaps for this reason the south pause korea has to date uh, been a low-key variety and that's why no one uh at the age of 35 he's getting a shot at the big stage all right so uh, dave benavidez and uh, dimitri andre is going to be a big fight and of course uh the winner obviously looking to challenge uh canelo but uh, that's not the only person who's going to be challenging canelo it seems down at the uh, wbo congress uh the 36th annual i believe down in uh the Canada, dominican republic it's taking place right now um it looks like uh former wbo junior middleweight champ jaime munguia he's 42 and zero, by the way 33 knockouts but has not fought for a world title since vacating the 154 pound title back in 2019 but nonetheless remained a viable contender in both the middleweight and later super middleweight divisions the last four years appears to have emerged as the betting favourite to win out in the upcoming Canelo sweepstakes. So, ironically, there has been some criticism levied on Munguia for for the perception that he was not capitalising on any opportunities to utilize his number one ranking and position himself in a world title fight. In fact, it appeared that WBO President Francisco Paco Paco, uh, Valcarcel was about to put Eric Gomez of Golden Boy Promotions on the spot about Munguia previously declining to take advantage of his position. As a mandatory challenger to the champion, well, coming out of the conference, it says now we have Mungia a number one. Valcarcel noted, we offer Mungia a lot of opportunities to fight as mandatory at 154, at 160. I know Eric Gomez from Golden Boys here, but Mungia is the number one. When he was interrupted um, by Gomez, uh, to let the WBO president know exactly what was on everyone's mind said gomez yes we'll take the mandatory against canelo um so uh, although exercising a mandatory spot moves the needle of a canelo among fight closer to coming to fruition there's still no guarantee it'll happen quickly um val Valcar- carcel added canelo just fought charlo so he has 18 more months to make another mandatory but any negotiations are welcome uh val Carral, uh, added some personal commentary to a possible all mexico battle between two of the most exciting fighters in boxing he said i'd like to see your guy against canelo uh val Carcel added it should be one of the best fights we can have both men can fight and uh, gomez gomez then added uh well there have been some initial talks so let's leave it at that for the time being and move along to see uh, uh oh yes tim sayu who's as i said earlier Opening his show, he's going to be facing Brian Mendoza, and the winner uh, could face Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, or Canelo Alvarez. Go figure. Hmm. So it's a potential big-money career-defining field uh, this could be on the cards for Sim Sayu if the recently elevated WBO junior middleweight champ is able to overcome Brian Mendoza this weekend on the Gold Coast down under in Australia. And I've talked about both fighters in my previous news episodes. Go and check them out. But Sayu, he's 23-0, 17 knockouts, will return to the scene of his demolition of Carlos Acampa, where he showcased power, precision, and efficiency before flooring the Mexican after just 77 seconds. The dominant performance is expected, finally, to land Sayu, a highly anticipated fight against Jermel Charlo for the American's Quartet of Belt at 154. Uh, Zayou and Charlo had initially been slated to fight back in January, but those plans were scuppered uh, when Charlo suffered a broken left hand during training camp. By mid-year, the WBO had mandated Charlo to fight Zayou before September, but the bout again failed to uh, eventuate with uh, Charlo instead opting to fight uh, Canelo Alvarez, at super middleweight, a fight he would ultimately get pummeled in. So uh, let's see what happens to Tim Sayu and uh, Brian Mendoza when they go torto in the upcoming few days. Now let's get back to something that's been on uh, top of most boxing headline reports, and that is the Olympics that are coming up in Paris in 2024. And one of the countries that I thought always had uh, women boxers compete at the Olympics, that country being Cuba, did not. Uh, they've only had men fight uh, in the Olympics. So now it looks like uh, uh, Cuba will allow uh, their male counterparts uh, to take part in the Paris Olympics. Uh, Let's have a quick read here. Over the last decade, Cuban authorities' uh, decision to prevent female boxers from competing became more incongruous, not only because the Cuban state promotes itself as a vanguard of women's rights and equality, but because the National Sports Institute has long allowed women to compete at the Olympics and a range of other contact sports, such as wrestling, taekwondo, and judo. Almost all the countries affiliated with the IBA practice women's boxing, but not Cuba. The president of Cuba's Boxing Federation, Alberto Puig del Baca, told Al Jazeera that the ban on women's boxing was rooted in safety concerns. There were worries about whether feminine boxing could damage women's bodies, above all, when they are pregnant, he said adding that the authorities carried out investigations lasting years to ensure athlete safety would be protected. Female boxers must take periodical pregnancy tests. Now the ban is lifted and women must wear padding for protection. But for many, the underlying reason for the foot dragging was entrenched machismo culture and paternalistic culture of overprotecting women. In 2009, for example, the year the International Olympic Committee approved women's boxing, the head coach of Cuba's men's team, Pedro Roque, told journalists that women, uh, Cuban women, are there to show their beautiful faces, not to take punches. Let's move on to uh, Josh Boatsi. Okay, Boatsy and Aziz, they're set to clash in the eliminator for the WBA title. Just is coming from uh, South London. Uh, and they're actually quite decent rivals on the British uh, boxing scene. They're going to square off at the O2 Arena uh, in a couple of weeks. It'll be a thrilling contest without a doubt. And serve as the last eliminator for the WBA champ, Dimitri uh, Bivol, and his title. So despite uh, beginning uh, their careers at the same amateur boxing club in South London, both fighters are scheduled to face off next month uh, 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 due to to, two very different courses they have taken. Uh, Said promoter Ben Shalom of boxer, B-O-X-X-E-R. Both fighters have agreed to fight each other. It's flattering when other promoters are talking about your fighters, but Dan Aziz is with boxer, He's one of our present achievements. Uh, Dan Aziz, by the way, he's 20-0, and 0, 13 knockouts, won the European title by defeating Thomas Freud through technical knockout in the 12th round back in Paris in March. And Joshua Boazzi, he's 17-0, 13 knockouts as well, made his ring come back in, in May after a year away, cruising to a unanimous decision victory over Powell Stepien to restart his quest for a world title shot. Speaking of shots, let's move over to a big fight coming up in America, um, as written by MJ Mendoza on BoxingNews24.com in the heartland of Inglewood, California. On October 21st, a thrilling night of boxing awaits fans as two undefeated prospects step into the ring for a high-stakes showdown. Uh, Joe Sean Showtime James, 7-0, hailing from Sacramento, and David Dynamite Stevens, 13-0 uh from Reading, pennsylvania are set to face off an intense eight round super middleweight bout at the kia forum that's not killed in action that's Kia the car all right let's move on also on that particular bill we're going to see uh, quite an evening of fierce competitions as a promoter james versus stevens is just one of the ex- exciting contests that will unfold uh, the night's zone broadcast features a total of five highly contested matches, promising boxing fans and evening filled with fierce competition and entertainment. The 12-round main event of the evening features Alexis Roca versus Giovanni Santian as a battle for the NABO welterweight title. It's a promising high-stakes showdown. As I said, uh, the, the co-main event features world champion Jojo Diaz, said that uh, last week, and uh, he's going to be fighting uh, Richard Medina, 15-1, by the way, Hailing from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, and by the way, uh, the championship fight of the night will see IBF flyweight title holder Aureli Moccino, thirty-two, three and two. By the way, eleven knockout defender, hard-won title against Gabriela Fandora, eleven zero, um, fighting out of Coachella Valley. A fourth-time flyweight titleist will be making her first title defense following a grueling battle. With Lonella Udisa back in October 2022 when she secured the Argentinian's belt. On the other side, Gabriel Fandora in her quest for a world championship belt last emerged victorious in a fight against Maria Santizo that went the distance. So good stuff happening down in California. Uh, it's interesting to see that uh, back with D.R. Jalolov is returned to action November 17th in Uzbekistan. And his opponent will be the South African fighter Chris Thompson. However, um, pundits are saying this will be a pretty easy victory for Jalalov. He's thirteen and zero, undefeated, thirteen knockouts. Um, whereas uh, Chris Thompson, he's uh, twelve and five and one. Looks like it's going to be I hate to say it, but an easy outing for Jalalov. Anyway, um, in in twenty twenty three, Jalalov has only had one professional bout. Which took place in tulsa it marked his debut under the promotional ban of top rank where he secured a victory against nigerian boxer on a Rio day iran in the first round so that's going to be a good battle for sure let's move over to oh Virgil T- ortiz jr we haven't seen his name in a while he's been out of action for a while but he's planning uh, to re-enter the ring on january 6th and a super welterweight debut Virgil Ortiz Jr. has fought just once in the last two years while withdrawing from multiple fights with health issues. Some of the uh, more notes from the ongoing WO Congress down in, as I said, um, Dominican Republic. Let's see. Salvador Rodriguez, Live Luna, and others are doing an admirable job of documenting. Golden Boys Eric Gomez, as I mentioned earlier, claims that snakebit prospect virgil ortiz jr will make his 154 debut on january 6th with marlon esparza tentatively planned to unify against a rally musino in the co-feature uh Monsino, wow was mentioning these names and fights coming up and here they are being mentioned uh, for january fights musino fights gabriel fundura a week from saturday so i'm not entirely sure how it's going to work out uh, ortiz is 19-0 uh 19 knockouts has fought just once the last two years in august 2022 stoppage of michael mckinson uh, but he's been racked with health issues for ages including multiple cases of covid and mab Uh, but things came to a head in july when he fainted during fight week and once again nixed a planned bout with Imanantas saniones uh, while the new weight class should be much easier on his body it's questionable whether ortiz should be fighting even at all if he does manage to put everything back together, questions linger as to whether his punishing style will remain effective against naturally larger men. He's got a whole lot to answer. is what I'm saying. That's what the author says. We'll see which opponent Golden Boy chooses to answer those questions, judged by the recent matchmaking, probably someone more uh, Philomena Kunk than David Frost. And, of course, uh, being written by Patrick Sternberg out of badlefthook.com. All righty. Uh, new IBF rankings route, out, and Otto Wallen passes anti Joshua. Let's just leave it there. Otto Wallen, 26-1, 14 knockouts. Looks like he'll be challenging Philip Ergova, uh for the IBF heavyweight title coming up soon. We, we've talked about that quite often. Anyway, uh, in other heavyweight news, we saw that uh, 31-year-old heavyweight Kem Lindquist, he's 16-0-0, undefeated, 10 knockouts, claimed the IBF international title in May of this year, uh, at a home gala in Nysted where he saw the Macedonian safer Safari 25-4-1 by the way 23 knockouts in the third round in his first title defense squaring off against 32 year old South African fighter the Hurricane Johnny Mueller 23-11 and 2-14 knockouts it was a one-sided affair Lundqvist quickly dominated the action and gradually dismantled his opponent and in the 10th he dropped Mueller with a body shot notching his 16th consecutive victory and finally, let's uh, have a quick read about uh, the WBA, uh, who have upheld uh, the uh, Usyk victory decision uh, regarding that controversial below-the-belt shot. In a nutshell, they say um, the WBA rules determine that the decision of a low blow and whether a boxer can receive it can continue, and are our, our strict competencies of the referee, and he's the only one authorized to make those decisions. And after studying all the documents, the conclusions, of, and of all the instances and internal rules of the WBA, it was determined that the appeal does not proceed and the right uh, and the decision of the fight stands with the victory and defense of the champion, Alexander Usyk. All right, fight fans, thanks for joining me once again. Appreciate it very much. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Mike Orr uh, on his show, Knuckle Up. And then the Friday night panel, 7 p.m. Eastern time with Tim Witherspoon, Lou Eisen, Mike Orr, and possibly some other guests as well. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll talk to you later.